Hi, this is Bob Fox. It's no secret that America is in deep trouble morally and spiritually, and that only God can heal America. The good news is, is that he is going to heal America, and he wants you to join him in that. But he has a message for you. You're not ready. The church in America, many Christians are not prepared for what God wants to do to heal America. So here's the message. He wants you to get right with God. He wants you to come back to him with clean hands and a pure heart. And this podcast will hopefully show you how. I hope you'll respond. This is an urgent and time-sensitive message from God. God bless you. Okay, I think we're back. Uh, This is Bob Fox, your host. I'm a retired pastor in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And I have an assignment from the Lord to call Christians to get right with God in preparation for a great national revival that God is going to use to heal our land. But the church is not ready, as, as you heard a moment ago. And so I'm hoping to give you some pastoral counsel, uh, instruction, biblical instruction, to help you get ready to be part of this great national revival and uh, not to miss one of the greatest adventures of your life. So here we go with talking on episode four about repentance. What does it mean to repent? And I'm going to start off by defining it. What is repentance? And then how important is repentance to God? Then some examples of how do you repent well? I hope you'll find this helpful. So uh, before we do that, though, I feel like uh, I need to revisit episode two. That's where we talked about sin. Uh, You know, I'm a pastor and uh, I've tried to uh, be kind and gentle with the people I've uh, served as in churches uh, for 35 years. I've tried to be a kind fatherly figure to them if I could, brotherly figure, uh, not to be harsh or anything. But I feel like I really need to go over the seriousness of sin again a little bit more because I think some people today uh, take sin too casually. Uh, they think it's, oh, well, it's just a sin, you know, no problem. Uh, I'll, I'll deal with it later. You know, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm forgiven by Jesus, so no problem. But actually, sin is a big deal to God, and I will hope to show you that from the scriptures in, a, in these uh, next few moments. How serious is sin to God? That's the first question we're going to look at. And how why does God so warn Christians about sin so often? Uh, why does he do that? If your sins are forgiven, uh, which they are, they're eternally forgiven, right? So you're not going to suffer for your sins in eternity. Why does God keep telling Christians through the scriptures, don't sin, don't sin, don't sin? Be careful, watch out, look out, okay? Let's talk about that. So sin can limit the blessings of God. If you choose to sin in your life, you just say, well, I'm a Christian, but I really like this sin. Drinking, sex, uh, drugs, uh, stealing, lying, cheating, whatever. Uh, You're going to limit the blessings that only God can give you. And I guarantee you, his blessings are better than whatever uh, benefit you're getting from that sin. 1 Corinthians 3 talks about that. Remember the prodigal son. Of course, he went away, blew his inheritance on wine, women, and song. And yes, God the Father took him back that the Father represents God in that parable. He came back and God restored him, but he lost his inheritance. He lost something really significant through that deep time of uh, sin. So sin can also lead to God's discipline. We've mentioned this before, but I just want to repeat it. Hebrews 12 says that God disciplines. He scourges, it says, actually. The Greek word is to scourge, like with a whip, every son that he has so that they may share in his holiness. God is a good father, he wrote the line in the, in the Old Testament that says, if you uh, spare the rod, you spoil the child. Well, God's not going to spare the rod. 
if you're walking in disobedience and not repenting and you just figure, well, I'm just going to keep doing this for a while, God is going to get your attention out of love in order to turn you back to the right path so that he can bless you more and so that he can protect you from the consequences of sin that will hurt you and others that he loves. He's a good dad. First um, Corinthians 5 Paul actually turned somebody over to Satan for the destruction of their flesh so that their soul would be saved on the day of judgment for incest. Now, that's a very serious sin. But if God would do turn somebody over to Satan for incest, uh, just think what he might do to you for doing something less, less uh, uh, serious, but nevertheless sin. So God will deal with sin. And lastly, and I know that I'm going to get some flack from some of my friends. I have some wonderful friends who don't believe this, that sin can cause you to lose your salvation. Uh, there's some debate in the Christian uh, uh, church around the world about this, but I'm firmly convinced after studying the Bible for 50 years or more that uh, you can lose your salvation. Uh, as, and I'll show you here in a moment through some scriptures. Words are not enough. Jesus himself said, uh, those who say to me, Lord, Lord, uh, don't necessarily get into heaven, but only those who do the will of my Father. So it's just saying the words, Lord, Lord, praise you, God, hallelujah, it's not enough. You have to do the will of your Father. You have to try to do it. Honestly try to do it. Nobody does it perfectly, but you have to honestly try to obey God. Uh, Jesus was rather emphatic. I know this is an exaggeration, but he said, Look, if, sin, if, if your hand causes you to sin, or your foot, or your eye, cut off your hand, cut off your foot, gouge out your eye, and it's better to go into heaven with one foot, one hand, or one eye, rather than to go to hell forever for, because of sin. So that's a very strong statement. Now, why would Jesus say that if sin were not a big problem? It is a big problem. Pay attention. Uh, again, in Matthew, uh, Jesus also said that People must endure to the end to be saved. So you can be a Christian, let's say, 20 years, and then let's say you have a midlife crisis. You decide, well, I'm just going to dump my spouse. I'm just going to go out and you know, uh, have the good, all, the, all the good times that, that I didn't do earlier when I was a Christian. I'm just going to be a wild thing here uh, before I die. Because I'm already saved, so I'm just going to live like the devil before I'm saved. Because I'm saved. Well, it doesn't work. Jesus said you have to endure to the end to be saved. So don't give up on walking in holiness and humility and obedience all the way until you uh, leave earth and go to heaven. You have to endure to the end. And if you fall away, if you choose to fall away, and I'm not just talking about having a bad day and making some dumb mistakes and you know you get into a tight situation and you say and do things you shouldn't, but I'm talking about a lifestyle of, of choosing the world rather than God. Hebrews 6 says you can't come back. Now, okay, there's the prodigal son. So he had a season of sin, but then he repented and came back. But there's a point that only God knows, perhaps, where you cross a line and God says, sorry, buddy, you've known me, you've known the, you know my love, you know my gospel, I've done wonderful things in your life, maybe even miracles, but you've turned away from me, so you cannot come back to me. You're done. Uh, that's a very scary statement, and it's probably meant to be scary. So don't try to push the limits of what you can do in sin. Uh, be very, be careful. It's your life, and and only you can protect it. Uh, lastly, again, to prove that people can lose their salvation 
in Revelation 3, Jesus says to a group of people, look, because you've been righteous and you've kept yourself unstained by sin, I'm not going to erase your name from the book of life. So the converse is true for those who choose not to live holy lives persistently, consistently, unrepentantly, Jesus can erase their name from the book of life. So I hope these warnings um, will help you to understand the seriousness of sin. And the last one is unrepentant, persistent sin can disqualify you from salvation. And this comes from Galatians 5, 19 to 21. I just want to read the list of sins, specific sins, that if you do them persistently and unrepentantly, uh, God says you're not going to make it to heaven. So take a look at this list. Sexual immorality. All right, we'll talk about that in uh, episode six, what, what that is specifically, but most of us know what that is. That's fornication, adultery, uh, those kinds of things. Impurity and debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, of course, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, and orgies and the like. So if you're thinking about doing those things, or if you are doing those things and you haven't repented, you're in big trouble. And that's what this next line says. Paul, through the Holy Spirit, says, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this, live like this, not just maybe, you know, a little blip on the radar screen, but they, this is their lifestyle. They will not inherit the kingdom of God. That means you go to hell forever. You suffer in the fires of hell forever. It is not worth it. God is trying to protect you, and that's why these scriptures are in the Bible, to get your attention and say, look, I'm tr I love you. Don't do this. I don't, I don't want you to go to hell. I sent Jesus to keep you from hell, so don't throw it away. All right. So I felt like I needed to go over that list of reasons why you need to take sin seriously. Uh, I think I hit it a little too lightly in episode two, and I wanted to just reinforce the fact that sin is your biggest enemy. It's the greatest weapon of mass destruction in the universe. Sin destroys your life forever in hell. It can't. Uh, like it says in the Bible, don't be afraid of those who can just kill the, the body, but be afraid of those who can kill the body and soul in hell forever, and that's sin. What is repentance? It comes from a Greek word metanoia, repentance. Meta means change. You're probably aware of Facebook. Their parent company is called Meta. And then noeo uh, is a verb, means to, um, to think or to understand, to perceive. So metanoia means to change your thinking, to change your understanding. So when you change your mind, it's going to change how you act, how you, how you, it's going to change your values, your character, your lifestyle, probably your friends and your goals. Your, uh, as a man thinks, so is he, it says in the Bible. So metanoia is changing your mind. Some of the first words out of the mouth of Jesus after he is baptized in the River Jordan, comes out of the, out of the uh, desert after he's been tempted by the devil. He says, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. So right at the beginning of uh, Jesus' uh, ministry, he's calling people to repentance. He's calling people to agree with God's words in their thoughts. That's the metanoia. Change your mind. Whatever you're thinking about money, sex, uh, power, uh, your relationships with other people, uh, you know, whatever you're thinking, get them in line with God's words. Get them in line with God and change your thinking to align with God's thinking or else you're probably going to end up sinning and you're going to miss the kingdom of God. 
or you're going to get disciplined, like I said, things like that. So he said, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And repentance is a commitment. It's a mental, uh, interior commitment. You're promising yourself and promising God, I'm going to do what you say. I'm going to stop doing what you forbid God. It's, it's Repentance is saying, I'm going to follow God with my whole heart, soul, strength, and mind. I'm not going to live for the world. I'm not going to live just for pleasure. I'm not going to live for myself. I'm going to live for God. So when you sin, confess your sins. First John 1 John 1.9 says, When you confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Isn't that cool? God is, has already decided he's going to free you from the eternal penalties of all sin and cleanse you from any, uh, any uh, dirtiness, so to speak, uncleanliness that that would cause in your heart. Uh, that's First John 1 John 1.9. But you also need to promise to God not to do that again as much as you're able. Uh, you need to ask God, tell God, I commit myself not to do that again, and, and follow that up with actions. That's repentance. Okay, examples of repentance. So repentance would be choosing to forgive specific people from your blame. So that is aligning with the Word of God, because God says you have to forgive. We're going to talk about that in the very next episode, how important forgiveness is. But if, you, if you're repenting and aligning yourself with God, you're going to choose to forgive everybody. Forgive God if you need to. Some people are mad at God, which is kind of silly, but they are. Or even forgive yourself. If God's forgiven you for something, you need to agree with God and forgive yourself. Don't, blame, don't have a higher standard for yourself than God does. Forgive others, God, and yourself. So that's an example of repentance. Stop looking at non-spouses with sexual thoughts. That's the big problem in our society today because sexual imagery, inappropriate sexual imagery, is everywhere. It's being forced down our throats uh, through every uh, kind of media. So you need to make a commitment. Like it says, put a guard, O Lord, over my eyes. Choose that you're not going to look at things on the internet, on your phone, in the movies, magazines, whatever. You're not going to look at those images. As soon as you notice them, you're going to turn away. You're going to flee from youthful lust, like the Bible says. You're not going to do it. That, make a firm commitment. And then plan. Here's just another example. Money. A lot of people probably try to cheat someone on their income tax. But if you're a godly person, that's not something you can do. The Bible says you have to obey the government. So plan now before you get to April 15th to report all of your income, be very honest on your income tax. That's just a, an, an example of repentance. Repentance is godliness put into action. Apologize for gossiping to those who heard it. Uh, there's so much gossip. I mean, Facebook is filled with gossip. Uh, YouTube is filled with gossip. People saying things negatively about other people that really nobody has a right to know except the people involved. So apologize if you've gossiped to, about uh, a brother or a friend to those who've done it. Say, look, I'm sorry I said that. I shouldn't have said it. Please forgive me. And then uh, everybody's been hurt. Everybody's feel betrayed, wronged, uh, put down. And you've been, you're angry, right? So after you've forgiven them, be good to someone you have wronged. That's what I was trying to say. Be good to someone you have wronged. So like Zacchaeus, the little guy in the tree, comes down, he meets Jesus in his home for dinner. He says, look, Jesus, uh, I believe in you so much, I love you so much, that I'm going to give half of all my money to the poor. And if I've defrauded anybody, I'm, I will give them back four times as much. That's repentance. Being, doing good to somebody you've wronged. And Jesus loved it. 
Okay, those are examples. And then lastly, choose holiness over happiness uh, in every decision you make during the day. That's just a general rule. But it, repentance has to be more than a thought. It has to be more than just a little prayer you pray. It, it has to show up in your everyday actions, your everyday decisions to be real repentance. Okay. So how important is repentance to God? Well, he sees repentance as uh, a way of you loving him. It's love for him. So when you turn from sin and say, Lord, I'm not going to do that sin anymore, uh, here's how Jesus uh, would, uh, would respond to you and say, well, how important is that? In John 14, 21, which is a great verse to memorize, Jesus says, He who has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will disclose myself to him. So when you, ha when you know the commandments and you keep them, and you repent from them and say, look, I'm not going to do that again. All of that says, I love Jesus. I love God. And God loves that. And Jesus even promises, the Father will love you, more blessings. And I will love you, more blessings. And I'll even disclose myself to you. You get more revelation of the goodness of God, of the, of the, of the goodness of heaven upon your life. So he likes repentance. Remember, God sent his only begotten son to die a horrible, incredibly horrible, excruciating death. He had his beard plucked out. He had thorns, big thorns driven into his head. Uh, he was whipped. His back was like raw like hamburger and then put on a cross and had big spikes put into his hands and feet and died a terrible death. He, he died of asphyxiation on the cross, actually, after three I mean, God, the Father, must have been just weeping buckets of tears up there watching his son suffer for that. But he did it deliberately to save us from our sins. So when we decide, well, I'm a Christian, I've said the sinner's prayer, I go to church, you know, I give some money. And so therefore, I'm not really going to repent for some of these sins because I really like them. God sees our unrepentance as a deep personal offense against him. He gave his only begotten son, his most beloved uh, son, his only begotten son, uh, in a very painful way for us. And then he sees us going around saying, well, I really like this sin more than I like God. That really hurts God. So when you know when you sin, I want to emphasize, you're offending God. You're offending the, the person who loves you the most, who's sacrificed the most for you, and uh, who will always love you. But you're offending him. So do not sin, but repent. All right. So how to repent well? Okay, let's say, all right, Bob, you've convinced me. I want to repent. I want to, I want to turn from my sin. I want to get right with God. Well, I would say have a plan. Um, it turns out that we're very distracted uh, in our lives right now. We've got, I mean, our phone, the Internet, uh, all this media, everybody. Go to the gas station. You're pumping your gas, and they're trying to sell you something or whatever. Go to the bathrooms, and they've got music playing or some ad or something. It's hard to get to a quiet place where you can just think clearly and think about God and think about what he wants because the world is blaring messages at you. So I would say have a written plan to obey God's commands. How, when you get up each day, how are you going to love your wife as Christ loved the church in that he laid down his life for her? Or, or wives, how are you going to submit to your husbands as unto the Lord? Re show him real deep respect like uh, Sarah showed Abraham. And children, how are you going to honor your father and mother and obey them today? Uh, what, what specific things are you going to do? You're going to pick up your room, you're going to do your homework, you're going to do whatever. How are you going to do that? Write it down. It would be a really good idea. Uh, how are you going to love your neighbor today? 
So you go to work and there's always this guy who has trouble doing something. Are you going to give him a hand? Are you going to get, put, a, put your arm around his shoulder and say, hey, buddy, I know you're struggling. Uh, I'm going to pray for you. Something like that. Have a written plan is the best way to obey God's commands and to also stay away from sin. So when you get off work and you get home and you're sitting there relaxing, having a drink, a cold drink or something, you're not going to pull up your phone and look at some pornography. You're not going to do that. Uh, you're not going to go to those websites where you might run into pornography. You're going to do something else. Have a plan. Check yourself daily against the plan. doesn't do any good if you're not uh, holding yourself accountable against the plan. And it should be a daily thing because we fight these battles every day, don't we? Uh, what really helps, and I've said it before, is to have some other people in your life who will hold you accountable for the spiritual growth that you want in your life. You know, you can be as close to God as you want. That's really true. It's your decision. So, but it helps if you've got some, if guys have some guys and girls have some girls around them and say, hey, uh, you said you were having trouble forgiving your husband for this and that. How are you doing? You said you were having trouble uh, loving your wife, let's say. Uh, because she gets on your nerves, irritates you. How are you? How are you loving her in spite of that? Or, or uh, you've had problems with pornography. How how well have you done this week? Uh, protecting your eyes from that sort of thing. Protecting your heart. If people could ask you those kind of questions on a let's say twice a month even, or once a week on the phone, whatever, you would have a, a more holy life. You'd stay away from sin. God would bless you more. And believe it or not, you'd have a bigger reward in heaven. But uh, that's another topic. So update the plan as needed. You know, um, just like people get immune to certain, um, uh, they take enough, uh, what is it called, uh, antibiotics. And after a while, that antibiotic doesn't really kill the, the sickness. So the devil will probably adjust his attacks and temptations uh, as he sees you with your plan. So you'll probably have to adjust your plan to adjust to the new attacks and temptations that come along. So be aware of that. Uh, ask for prayer, get wise counsel, and always compare your goals your, to live godly lives to the Bible, not the culture. Uh, I know there's people around me, uh, even good people, who say, well, you know, um, homosexuality is not that bad, you know, uh, you know, they're loving one another and that sort of thing. No, it is bad. So you got to use the Bible as your comparison for what is true and not true, and for what is holy and not holy, not the culture. So in summary, uh, how we talked about how serious is sin to God. Why does God warn Christians about sin so often? I hope you really got that. Uh, what is repentance? Uh, repentance is getting your, committing yourself to align your thoughts and your actions with God. It's very important to God, of course. It's a way of saying to God, I love you so much, I'm going to commit to not do that bad thing, and I'm going to commit to do what you command me to do, the positive thing. I'm going to love people the way you say, I'm going to forgive them, etc., like that. I'm going to love my neighbor. And then how well they repent, it has to show up uh, in actions. It can't be just words, um, and I gave you a list of ideas on how you can do that. Get a plan, basically. So, that's the end of lesson four, or episode four, and next week we're going to dive into the sin of unforgiveness. If you uh, listen to just one uh, episode of this uh, series, this is the one you want to listen to. Unforgiveness is a huge topic. It's a huge problem in America, and I've got some things to say that the Lord has showed me over decades. It's really powerful and can help protect you, protect your family, 
uh, protect your life here on earth and, uh, and help you have a better eternity. Let's put it that way. The sin of unforgiveness. Uh, according to the scriptures, God has very little patience with this deadly sin. I know that sounds harsh. I'm not a harsh person. Just ask all my people who've been in my churches. I'm not a harsh father. But I'm just telling you what, what I see in the scriptures. It's clear as a bell. God has very little patience with the sin of unforgiveness. What is forgiveness and what isn't forgiveness? We'll talk, talk about that and the many, many benefits of forgiving well. Uh, I could talk about it for hours. It'll, I'll try to condense it down, of course, through a short podcast. But that's episode five. Episode six, sexual sins, another huge topic. This is the elephant in the room in most uh, churches. Lots of sexual sin, a lot of people sleeping around, some people committing adultery. Uh, pornography is rampant, even among church leaders. So we're going to talk about what are sexual sins, how serious are they to God, and how to stop sinning sexually. Big topic. Uh, please pray for me as I prepare for that. So uh, the, the podcast slides and notes are downloadable at that website, which is if you just go to bobfox.org, there's a menu thing at the top that says podcast. You can download all these slides for review, or you can use them for whatever purpose you want. You don't have to say they're mine. Just uh, you use them whatever way you want. In closing, uh, please comment and send me some questions so I can use them. Send video comments. That would be great. Uh, on YouTube, in the comments section, you, put, you can put video comments. Probably on Spotify, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm also on uh, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts in audio and video form, also on Spotify and YouTube. And then, of course, subscribe. That would be nice uh, just to let me know you're out there. Um, I hope you will watch these episodes. Uh, not for me, not to make me feel good. I'm going to do them whether you watch them or not um, because I want to be obedient to what I feel is the Lord's will for my life. And uh, even if just a few people benefit from this, it's okay. It takes me a long time to make them. It's a lot of work, but it's my joy uh, to follow the Lord, to be obedient, and to honor Him with my life. And I hope you feel that way about your life too. Uh, let me pray for you. Father God, I just bless all the people who are watching and listening to this podcast. I pray that the Spirit of the living God would fall afresh on them, that they would uh, catch a whiff of the beauty of heaven, the glory of heaven, and the love of God for them, that they would just wake up their soul, wake up their spirit, and they would say yes to, yes to Jesus, yes to the Father, yes to the Scriptures, and that they would choose now, choose life, by choosing to repent from sin and choosing to align their thoughts and actions with the Word of God. Lord, I, I know that you love them so much and that you have more than enough grace to help them, that even if they've fallen into uh, sinful patterns, you're there to reach down and pick them up and pull them out. Right now, Lord, your hand is reaching out. Pull them out of that sexual sin. Pull them out of those drugs. Pull them out of that alcoholism, that pornography. You're there ready to pull them out. Just let them grab your hand. And, and, if, and if you're the, one of those people, just reach up and kind of symbolically grab the hand of God and just say, God, I'm going to hold on to you. I'm not going to let go until you pull me out of this mess. I want my life back. I want to please you. I want to love you. I want the full blessing of God on my life. I want to protect myself and my family and my friends from this sin that's, that's corrupting me and, and killing me in some ways. Lord, thank you, God, that you love me so much that you are pursuing me and I accept your love 
And I'm coming back to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, that's enough for today. God bless you. And we'll see you next week for episode five.